to the Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left, press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey all Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And as always, you can find our podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trilogy underscore pod. I am back with our film review from the Raiders game. Um... A little bit behind schedule on this one, but I knew it was either one podcast last week and two this week or two last week and one this week. So we're going to go with two this week. We're going to have a preview podcast. I'm thinking probably Friday is going to be when the preview podcast comes up, but there's a potential I get it done and up on Thursday. We'll see just with my schedule what works better. Um, But like I said, Thursday or Friday this week, we'll get a preview for the Broncos. Um, The Packers going to the Broncos um, actually on my anniversary with my wife. So we'll see what happens if I... I may or may not have an instant reaction pod um, from that because I will be with my wife for our anniversary. Um, So we'll see what happens with that, but um, just kind of keep an eye out with that. But like I said, a preview podcast coming up later in the week for that game. Um, And one where the Packers, they really need to get back on track. I thought they, the Raiders game was one that they needed to be better in and win and get back on track in. Um, you know, with Raiders, Broncos, Vikings, the way they're playing, you know, you feel like you can win those games, Rams kind of a toss up Steelers haven't been phenomenal. And then you have a tough stretch of around Thanksgiving of chargers, lions, chiefs. But then after that lightens up again, you know, you got the giants who haven't been playing well, Buccaneers who have been playing pretty decent, but you can definitely win that game. And then you got Panthers, Vikings, Bears, and you can win all three of those games too. So the season's not over by any means. Um, the Lions do look in charge of the NFC North, but playoffs are not out of the question. They just got to get some stuff together. And I'm going to go through that today. Um, I think the Raiders game is a good kind of microcosm of the season of like things that you know have been going well at certain points and then not so well other than that. So again, if you remember my film reviews, I'm just doing the offense. I just, as of right now, I you know, I'd like to look more into the defense, but as of right now, um, this is the one I feel like I can have time for consistently and get through it consistently. Um, but we're going to go into this game and I'm just going to, initially, I just want to say in my recap podcast, my instant reaction podcast, I talked about how frustrating some of the play calling was and, Yeah, there were certainly times that it was frustrating and it didn't look good, like, you know, on trap plays, you know, and if you don't know what a trap play is, it's basically you're 
on if you're running it to the right side, your running back is going to the right side. The play is to leave one guy unblocked and get that with a, a pulling player of some kind, whether it's an offensive lineman, a tight end, or someone just to get a little chip on him. But it allows the rest of the line on that you know play side, front side of the play to be able to go get some second level blocks and things like that. You know, they can uh, double team up to a linebacker and things like that. And you can clear out a little bit more space if that guy is not blowing up the play, which they were leaving Max Crosby, the guy to have the, the, whatever, whether it was an offensive lineman or a tight end, try to come get a little bit of a chip on. But there was a few different times on these trap plays where they're leaving Max Crosby as the guy that he just blows up the play and the tight end or the offensive lineman just don't have a chance to, to make a block on him. Um, and it's just blown up before it even starts. And like, even if the rest of it's blocked up perfectly and executed perfectly beyond that, it's because Max Crosby plays with his hair on fire and he's just flying around and he's very explosive. It makes it very hard, like run that to the opposite side and it probably works. But the fact that you're running it to Max Crosby's side is it's just never going to work. And that's, that's tough in terms of play design and play calling for me. There were some other play design things that I didn't love. Um, definitely some execution on all of the players parts that I didn't love. Um, but just overall, like that needs to be improved. And I think, and I hope Matt LaFleur after this bye week sees some of that stuff, um, and does, and is able to improve upon it. And then I think overall, just like going through and, and making things a little bit easier at times. And like I said, Jordan Love just needs to play better. And this was not one of his good games, even though I do think there was a stretch where he played really, really well. He just had some bad plays and bad moments. Um, The three picks was definitely part of that. But I know there's times where he just didn't get help um, in those situations. So, Going through the film review, we'll talk about grades at the end, um, but going through the film review, um, my first point is Jordan Love looked like he didn't trust his himself and his eyes after that first interception, and I think rightfully so, right? You know, that first interception was absolutely brutal, 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 brutal. I think this was the worst grade I have given anyone on a single play, um, throughout the entire season, so like, it was a brutal interception, no doubt about it. And it looked like Jordan Love just didn't trust himself. The next passing play on the next drive, he had two guys open. One of them was Christian Watson. He was wide open. on An in-breaker, it looked kind of like a slant-ish type uh, route. And he was wide open. And And it looked like, to me, when Jordan Love hit his back foot, he was looking at Christian Watson and for some reason just didn't throw it. And to me, this it was right after that interception. He's like kind of panicky a little bit and doesn't throw it. Then his next read looks like Dontavian Wicks, who is also open. Um, again, I don't know why he comes off of Christian Watson, doesn't throw the ball. He was open. He was wide open in my eyes. Um, then he looks at Dontavian Wicks, and he's open on a little hook route, stick route, and he doesn't throw that one. And then as I'm looking further, if he – and then he starts to scramble, and he's still keeping his eyes downfield, which I love about Jordan Love, is he keeps his eyes downfield when he's scrambling. And it looks like he's looking right at Romeo Dobbs, who's open on an out route, a corner route. 
I just <laughs> like he to me he had three guys open and he was looking at those three guys when they were open. Um, and then proceeds to just throw it to a check down and it's basically a throwaway. Like it's to his check down, but it's an incomplete pass, whatever. But we go from having three open guys on the play and during not only three open guys during the play, and it's like, you know, you're reading the right side of the concept and, you know, people on the left side of the concept are open where he's just not looking because that's not where the play is designed to go. Um, you know, it's not one of those things. It was he, the stripe of his helmet were looking at the things when they were open. Um, and I kind of looked together with the All-22 version and behind the quarterback version of the film, and he was looking at the spots when, where the people were open when they were open, and it just – it was a confusing play, and I think, like I said, you just got to have short-term memory – as a quarterback in this league, because he was just scared to throw those balls for whatever reason. And it was, like I said, the next pass after the interception where he just somehow did not see um, the linebacker for the Raiders. And now this is a point where the offensive line was kind of getting wrecked. It was, you know, relatively early in the game. And we are just not blocking anything. And my bullet point was, what the fuck is going on with the offensive line? How do we go from, you know, protecting Jordan Love very, very well in the first three games? And one of those games against the Saints has a very, very good front. All those types of things. Like, they get after the quarterback very well. And they protected him well there. But then, you know, I mentioned it in the recap. Aiden Hutchinson, Max Crosby, you know, we play against them. And all of a sudden, now we can't block a soul. It's just kind of a weird situation, um, especially early in this in this game. Zach Tom looked pretty terrible. I think he kind of redeemed himself later in the game and started to play well later on. Um, but he still earned a 4.97, which ended up being the highest grade I had on an offensive lineman this week. But it by far was not what we're used to seeing with Zach Tom, who if you look at his previous two games that I have done film review on, um, week one, he was 5.18 against the Bears. And then uh, week two, he was 5.09. So over five both of those times and just just for whatever reason, like I said, just did not look good early in this game. And I know a big part of that is, is Max Crosby, but he just looked terrible early and then kind of got it together a little later. Um, but he looked absolutely horrible there. Uh, something I thought was exciting as I continued to watch the film was the amount of opportunities Tucker Craft was getting. And it wasn't really in the passing game so much, but he was out there a ton in the running game. And I thought he looked good early. Um, and I'll get to it a little later on, but I thought he looked pretty good offensively in terms of run blocking and things um, early. And like I said, it was significant that the change in the amount of snaps that he got um, in this game. So good development for Tucker Kraft. Um, you know, he had his moments of not great reps, but immediately after the, the Rudy Ford interception, he looked great on that drive. Great job run blocking, all that kind of stuff. So on my next bullet point was the, the big play, the 77-yarder to Christian Watson, right? 
So <laughs> on this play, I got a little bit frustrated because I'm like, Jordan, just throw the crosser to Romeo Dobbs, who was wide-ass open. Um, but he hangs onto the ball just a touch longer. He's not getting, you know, he's on a naked boot type of thing, and he's not being affected by the rush. So he hangs onto it a half second, and maybe he saw something that I noticed afterwards where the uh, defenders that were supposed to be on Christian Watson, or at least one of them was, they both got flat-footed and saw Romeo come in wide open across the field, and they both kind of, like I said, just kind of get flat-footed and actually start going towards Romeo. So there was a miscommunication and someone messed up. And because he held onto the ball a half second longer than what I thought he maybe could have, um, then Christian Watson's wide open. He puts a relatively good ball on Christian Watson. I think if he leads him up the field, I think it's an easy touchdown and, and Marcus Peters doesn't come close to stopping him. Uh, but, you know, he's on the run. By the time he does throw it, there is a guy getting close to him in terms of pressure. So I, I get it. It's not a perfect ball. It could have been better, but it got the job done, 77 yards. And, and like everyone said, I'm sure you've heard it. You know, it was kind of a headsy play by Marcus Peters to, even though it was an illegal tackle, to just make the tackle and then make the Packers beat you in the red zone. And they couldn't. They had to kick the field goal. So the play after this big play, Josh Myers gets absolutely blown up. And then Tucker Craft is tasked with blocking Mason or Mason, uh, Max Crosby one on one, which is just a silly decision to <laughs> put any tight end, um, even if it's Mercedes Lewis, one-on-one. You know, maybe Mercedes Lewis can lose slowly enough that he won't impact the play, but the combination of Josh Myers getting blown up, which doesn't give A.J. Dillon any ability to find a lane because Josh Myers gets basically blocked right back into him. Whereas if Josh, Josh Myers just holds his ground, doesn't gain any, doesn't lose any, there's it looks like there's a lane there, and A.J. Dillon can probably get through it before Max Crosby can get down the line and make a play. But because Josh Myers gets blown up, A.J. Dillon kind of has to, you know, it hits his back and he's kind of got to readjust, and then by that time uh, Max Crosby is in the backfield and able to make the play. So Tucker Kraft just put in a terrible situation. One-on-one <laughs> -on -one, he just gets absolutely obliterated by Max Crosby, and then having Josh Myers get blown up makes it very, very difficult for A.J. Dillon because he just has no time to find a hole. And like I said, if there was a hole there, it's just Josh Myers blocked it by getting pushed back into the play. Um, and then my next note was, you know, it just seemed like uninspired play calling after that big play. Um, I think that first run could have worked, but just you put Tucker Craft in a bad situation and Josh Myers doesn't do a good job, doesn't do his job on that play. So combination of like putting your guy in a bad situation with another guy not playing well, not not executing what he needed to do. And like I said, if he would have, I, I do think A.J. Dillon is able to get into the hole and maybe get into the end zone um, before Max Crosby is able to make a play, but doesn't work there. Um, the next run call didn't seem much better. You know, I think the the interior of the Ra uh, of the Raiders defense did a good job of standing guys up, just like they did on that play. In this terms, it was Josh Myers. Um, but then the third down play is a sprint out 
So basically, Jordan Love gets the ball. We're moving the pocket. I don't hate that idea. But then we only have two guys going out on routes, and it's absolutely blanketed. I do think there is pass interference on that. Romeo Dobbs gets bench-pressed out of bounds in the back of the end zone when Jordan Love throws it near him. Um, I don't know how that's not a flag. The ref's looking right at it. He calls Romeo out of bounds by throwing his hat so he can't touch it. But, like, you can't get pressed out of bounds, literally pushed out of bounds, you know, 10, 15 yards down the field. It's in the back of the end zone, and they're at, what, the four or five-yard line? So 15 yards downfield, he's getting pressed out of bounds. I think that needed to be a flag and give the Packers another opportunity. It wasn't called. It should have been. It wasn't. But other like the other route that was there was absolutely blanketed. It was a flat when, you know, Jaden Reed's running a flat and he's running it at the three-yard line. <laughs> so even if he catches it, he's not getting into the end zone because it's blanketed there. So just, just a rough, rough play and series of plays after the huge play by Christian Watson results in that field goal. Um. I I think I mentioned it um, at least the first one, but two straight plays that Tucker Craft has to block Max Crosby one on one. You're just setting your guys up for failure. You know you can't blame it too much on Tucker Craft because offensive tackles can't block him one on one, right? Zach Tom, who is our first, our best or second best offensive lineman at this point, he can't block him one on one, and now you're expecting Tucker Craft to do it. And this is part of the reason why I didn't love the play calling is you're leaving Tucker Craft in a position to fail, and it makes it very, very difficult to get moving and and get in the end zone when you just had a huge play. So later on in the game, um, this is now in the fourth quarter. Later in the fourth quarter, Jordan Love is on a naked boot. Max Crosby runs all the way from you know. Jordan's booting to his left, so past the left tackle. Max Crosby is lined outside shoulder of the right tackle. He runs down the line of scrimmage, gets to Jordan Love, and Jordan Love absolutely puts him to the ground. It was kind of hilarious. Just straight arm, stiff arm, throws Max Crosby's head back as he's scrambling out of the pocket, puts him to the ground, goes up and gets another, you know, that was in the backfield. I think he ended up getting like 10 or 11 on the play. He was called back due to a holding. Um, I believe it was Tucker Craft, if I remember correctly. He was coming across to try to get a block, uh, a cut block on the other end, you know, coming from the right side of the formation to the left to get that guy out of Jordan Love's face right away. But instead of cut blocking him, he kind of tackles him, you know, wraps his arms around his legs and that's that's holding you can't do that uh you have to just you know hit them with your shoulder you can't wrap up like you're tackling a, a ball carrier there um so not a great play there but uh, just an absolutely incredible play from Jordan Love and really really fun that that's the guy you do it to like to me that that was a good play if Derrick Henry does that to Max Crosby it's absolutely absurd that an NFL quarterback is doing that to Max Crosby because that is just absolutely crazy um later in that drive i can't remember if it's the next play or what it was but we do a play action into a screen that you know jordan's under center he turns um and acts like he's going to hand it off to his left as he's under center so like a fake you know stretch play or whatever to you know behind Rashid Walker at left tackle. So 
he's doing that. He kind of naturally boots out to the right then. And then A.J. Dillon is set up for the screen there back on the left. And these are the ones I'm talking about. Just like go and gun and, and run a slip screen. <laughs> like it's just there's a little bit too much going on. And Jordan Love has like he turns around from the play fake and he's got to like loft it over two defenders that are absolutely in his face. Like it's not just like a screen where you have to navigate throwing over the guys that are pressuring you because that's what a screen is. You're going to have to do that. But it was the fact that Jordan Love had to turn around and all of a sudden there's guys like inches from him and he's got to figure out a way to navigate that throw. He can't quite get it there because he's got to get like Dirk fadeaway type of throw to A.J. Dillon and it just like it worked against the Bears with Aaron Jones but it did not work in this situation um, partially because I think the Raiders played it a lot better and even if it's a perfect throw to A.J. Dillon I don't think it gets as big a play as what we would like you know is on third down all that kind of stuff but like I said this is the type of screen play that I am not a huge fan of because to turn around and not be able to have your eyes on the rush and then try to throw a screenplay is just tough. I'd rather have my eyes on the rush and be able to see what's going on, all that kind of stuff, know when the guys are coming versus come off the play fake and just have guys instantly in your face and you have to ab-lib and try to make a good throw, and he couldn't do it. It was just hard there. Um, So maybe actually maybe that was second down. And then third and ten next, um, so – I, when I watched this play, I thought Jordan should have thrown the out or the corner or whatever you want to call it to Jaden Reed. Um, and then I, after I did my film review, I watched uh, JTL Sullivan's The Quarterback School, um, his reaction to uh, Jordan Love's play in this game. And he thought that it was the right decision to throw to Christian Watson, who's running a post. And he throws it to Christian Watson, leaves it too far inside. Max Crosby on a on a stunt where he's coming all the way from the outside up the middle where three, four offensive linemen kind of watch him run all the way past him. Um, and he, Jordan Love is does have pressure in his face, does get hit on the play, um, but just leaves it far too close to the middle. Um, and this was one thing that JT O'Sullivan, I think did a good job of is like, he thought Jordan Love, you know, made some poor decisions, obviously the three interceptions. Um, the first one he was absolutely baffled by. Um, and then, you know, the second one, you know, he thought it was a little bit of a force, but he didn't like the play call play design. And he didn't like that. Christian Watson didn't come back to the ball hard and try to make a play on the ball. Rather the, the cornerback is the one that goes and plays it like he's running the route. Um, you know, he obviously made mistakes, but one of the biggest things that JT O'Sullivan said is he's just got to get better at throwing these deep balls because there's plenty of times where the design is perfect. They run a good play that beats the coverage that's called and Jordan Love just misses. And in this game, it was a lot of Christian Watson. So if he's able to get that deep ball accuracy, this offense is going to change. Because he can do everything. He can make every throw. It's just the accuracy on these deep balls are just missing. And he had a couple of them where if he puts it on Christian, and like I said, in this game it was Christian Watson mostly, like if he just puts it on him and allows him to make a play, you know, this is a completely different game. And and something that 
defenses are going to have to start playing the Packers differently if and when Jordan Love can prove that he can hit these throws. And that's the the thing, Jordan, to take a step in this league and be considered a good quarterback, he's got to start hitting these throws because he can make every other throw. We've seen him do it. He's shown the flashes of like he can make good decisions. You know, there's times this game was one of them where he there was certain plays where he wasn't making good decisions. But out, you know, the the second interception I thought he forced um, on the game film. You know, on the TV copy, but watching the the actual film afterwards. There was nowhere else to go. <laughs> you know, he could have thrown the check down, but he was trying to make a play. I don't fault him for that, and Christian Watson didn't help him at all. The last one, Christian Watson was open. He just underthrew it. Like, he, for the most part, makes good decisions. The first interception was not one. It was a terrible, terrible decision. But for the most part, he's making good decisions. He can make every throw on the field except that deep ball right now. And if he gets that deep ball accuracy, I think this Packers offense could be legit and I think this game showed that because there was multiple instances, two that I'm thinking off right offhand, and it might have been more, that he just misses on the deep ball. And they very well could have gone for big, big plays if he puts it on there. So on the last drive, I have a note here um, that he doesn't throw to Romeo for some reason. It's against Marcus Peters. That's who's guarding Romeo here in zone coverage and in this play, and all night, Marcus Peters is playing off coverage. And for some reason, just doesn't throw him the ball. I'm not really sure. It, it kind of looks like Romeo was either his second or third read. It definitely wasn't his first read. But even by the time he gets to him in the progression, it looked like Romeo was open and he's just got to rip it in my eyes. Uh, he doesn't, but then he throws a, a check down that's absolutely covered. Um and, you know, we get nothing. I think it ended up being incomplete, incompleted. Uh, but Romeo, when when it looked like Jordan was looking at him, Romeo had five yards of separation. Like, I just – I don't know why he doesn't throw that ball. And if he rips it, Marcus Peters doesn't stand a chance. You know, he rips it and he puts it in the right spot. Absolutely doesn't have a chance. And it's, it's like 15 yards easily that he's going to get there if he puts it on him. So I just – I was confused by that, why he turned that down. Um, not a ton of that outside of that one that I mentioned earlier that he just like turned down right after the interception. But this was another one that was noticeable that I'm like, just throw the ball, dude. Just throw the ball. <laughs> um, so then later in that drive, this is actually the Romeo Dobbs drop on first down. And then the next play is a Luke Musgrave drop on second down. And then the third down play is the interception to end the game. But Jordan Love, absolutely perfect anticipation, perfect ball to Romeo Dobbs, right? So it's his first read. He sees it's there. He hits his back foot. He fires. He puts a perfect ball on him. Romeo Dobbs actually, like, absolutely needs to make that play, make that catch. And, you know, we get eight yards there all of a sudden it's second and two you know we can do a few different things we still have a timeout all those types of things like now second and two you're not worried about getting a few yards you know you can actually like you know if you want to you can go in the middle of the field and and try to get 10 15 yards in the middle of the field you can go out of bounds and get four yards and get a first down and, and get out of bounds and stop the clock you know there's a lot of different things you can do you could run the ball if you wanted to 
you know, run the ball, you know, have guys be ready, have another play called, get up there, run the next play, all that kind of stuff. Like, there's a lot more options if Romeo Dobbs makes this catch and stops the clock. Instead, he drops it. Um, I do think if Romeo wasn't open here or he decided not to throw it, (laughs) um, again, I'm not going to fault Jordan for throwing his first read that's open on time on target, but if we could have, if Jaden Reed was the read here, um, and he, if he was the number one in terms of progression, oh, Jaden Reed might have had a touchdown. It's just, it's one of those things. Like you can't fault a quarterback for throwing to an open guy when he was your first read, and he clearly was. He hit his back foot, fired, and Romeo just dropped it, and it was a very, very good ball in my opinion. Um, but Jaden Reed was wide open on a corner route on that play. And then the next play, um, Luke Musgrave, I I don't know what he was doing here. Like, Jordan Love, it was his first read again. He was open. He had him. Um, Luke Musgrave, I think, drifted too far close or into the the covering linebacker. He's just got to kind of sit. Um, that I think that's what Jordan Love was expecting him to do, but he kind of drifted in a little bit too far. And, yeah, the ball is not – perfect but he's throwing away from the linebacker and even if it's not a perfect ball Luke Musgrave has to catch it like he's turning his arms um to kind of like basket catch it just hands catch it throw your hands out there catch the ball get down you know give the ball to the ref and let's move on let's take the first down and now we don't have to rush and we're you know I just you have to catch that ball not a perfect ball from Jordan Love but he's throwing away from the defender and it has to be a catch because it wasn't a bad throw in my opinion. And then the last play of the game, your two best linemen absolutely get destroyed. Jordan hits the back of his drop and can't keep his eyes downfield because he's getting squeezed by Max Crosby on one side. Zach Tom got absolutely bull rushed into Jordan Love. And then on the other side, Elton Jenkins. I don't really know what he was thinking or doing on this play, but he gets burned um, by an interior defensive lineman of the Raiders, and they kind of meet at the quarterback. Jordan Love does a good job stepping up in the pocket. And then um, I can't remember who is blocking, but there was another guy as he was stepping up that almost got to Jordan Love. Jordan then breaks it out to the left. And I think that was actually Rasheed Walker. He breaks it up into the left around Rasheed Walker's guy who almost made the play again. Um, so there's three guys in Jordan's lap that he had to avoid. He does a good job of that. And then because of all of that, he's not able to see Christian Watson fast enough. And instead of like looking around and making sure that's still open, he kind of locks in because he knew it was open, throws it down the field, throws it terribly short. If he puts it on the back pylon, you know, I don't think the cornerback ever makes a play and only Christian Watson has a chance at it I don't know that he catches it but you know only Christian Watson gets a chance so a bad in terms of like throw wise he just needs to throw it deeper he can't under throw that one in the position that they're in so that was bad but the first thing I noticed when Jordan Love got out of the pocket is he kind of locked in on Christian Watson rather than looking at the situation and Samari Toure was absolutely wide open on a crosser (laughs) and he's just like, even if it's not a perfect throw and, and Samari Toure just has to catch it and kind of get out of bounds or catch it and get down, 
like we're at the 10 yard line, you know, first and goal from the 10, you know, there's plenty of time. We have a timeout in that situation. You can probably call the timeout right away if he gets down in bounds, but, and that's in, to, in my eyes, that's the worst situation. And he could have gotten in the end zone. He could have got another five yards and it's first and goal from the five, you know, and now there's, you know, what is there 50 seconds left? I don't even remember exactly, but like, there's a lot of time left to, to watch and, and to try to get in the end zone. So even if you call a timeout right away, you got four plays, the clock isn't a factor, all those types of things. So, um, he just got a little bit, you know, he saw Christian Watson was open. He didn't have the time to get it to him right away, moves out of the pocket and just doesn't like reassess the situation. And that was the issue there where he very easily could have had a big play and maybe even a touchdown had he just kind of waited and thrown that ball. Um, so the Raiders got the ball back with 44 seconds. So, you know, if that's completed, Samari Toure, you know, you get 40 seconds left and you're at the five or 10 yard line. Like that's plenty of time. Even if you call a timeout, that's plenty of time to, run a few plays you can even run the ball in that situation just have another play called right away and you know you use that one timeout you have 40 seconds left you run an inside dive to to AJ Dillon it gets you know you're at the five yard line it gets three you have another play called instantly you get up to the line you snap it with 25 seconds left and you still you know now you throw it it's incomplete it's third down there's 19 seconds left and you have 19 seconds to run two plays you know, there's, it's, there's no issue there. Like it was just, it wasn't, I don't think it was a terrible decision. It was a bad throw. Um, but if he would have just like taken a step back and like, just was like, look at something else, Samari Toure was wide open. And I think was a lot easier of a throw in my eyes. So going back, um, looking at some of the, the grades in this game and this, I said it initially, this was the worst game I've seen Jordan Love play. And it was, you know, the grades, it was, it really wasn't even that close. Um, the grades were all significantly above a five prior to this game. You know, he's got a 5.1 and a 5.3 in the first two weeks. Um, and then obviously I'm sure as you guys know, I haven't graded week three and four yet, but that's in week five, he's at a 4.965. So just not good enough from Jordan Love. Um, not good enough at all. I think he needed to play better and this grade shows it, but I think I was expecting more like a 4.89, something like that. So there was times where he looked really good and he made really good plays. Um, and then there's just the big negatives, you know, obviously the, the big negative on the first interception. If he just has a normal play there, like it's it's kind of crazy how big that affects his play because it goes from a 4.96 to over a 5 with just that, just being like an average play. Um, but instead it's a terrible play. You add then the other two picks and it's just there's not enough good to outweigh the bad in this one. And there was enough bad to drag this down and he needs to be better, but there, it wasn't as bad as I thought is what I'm trying to say. AJ Dillon did relatively well, 5.1. Uh, Patrick Taylor, I just had a five. I don't think I had him <laughs> as a positive or negative grade in any play. It was just fives across the board. Like he just, 
He doesn't do much in terms of like wow plays, but he's also seems to be in the right spot at the right time. Again, I don't know the offense and where exactly he needs to be, but it seems like he's in the right place at the right time. Uh, Christian Watson, I have a 5.12 grade. I think that could have been a lot higher um, had they hit on some of those big plays. Again, I think it was more Jordan Love's throws that are off, but I do think on the last um, play, Christian Watson could have fought a little harder for that ball. Um, And if he does, and even if it's incomplete, he gets a positive grade because I think he ran a good route. He was open, all that kind of stuff. But I gave him a neutral grade because he didn't go up and make the play. He didn't go up and contest the ball, and that was the issue with the second interception as well. Um, Romeo Dobbs, I had a 5.05. I really liked Jaden Reed's day at 5.12. If you round up, 5.13, so slightly better than Christian Watson. He didn't get the ball much, but he was open quite a bit in my eyes. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, again, he didn't have many plays, but the few that he was running, he seemed open. So I had him at a 5.14. Luke Musgrave, slightly above that neutral grade of a 5, 5.038. Then the offensive line, or Tucker Craft, Josiah DeGuara, I had both at fives. Um, Ben Sims I had as a five as well. Just kind of what I expect. They got in the way in certain situations and made some good plays um, and then got other situations where they're, you know, trying to block block Max Crosby and it's just not good. So kind of average out at a five there. Offensive line, first time ever I've had no offensive lineman above a five grade. The closest was Rashid Walker and Zach Tom, 4.7 for uh, Zach Tom, 4. Point, sorry, 4.97 for Zach Tom, 4.96 for Rashid Walker, if you round up, 4.97. So very, very close, similar types of grades for those two. And then John Running, I had a 4.91. Elton Jenkins, I had a 4.91 as well, if you round up. And then Josh Myers, I had a 4.82. That was, I did not like his performance at all. Um, so just a rough, rough performance for the offensive line overall, um, especially rough for Josh Myers. And I expect Elton Jenkins to play better. He did not play up to his standards, that's for sure, in my eyes. Um, but that's kind of the overarching theme is the receivers did relatively well. A.J. Dillon did relatively well, um, but no one else stood out. You know, the tight ends... Jordan Love, offensive linemen, all played subpar in my eyes. Like they could could have and should have played better in my opinion. So that's going to be it for me today. Again, I'll get out a preview podcast later this week. But until then, and as always, Go Pack Go!